as we go further in. Right now, what time is it? 11.20. England is on the path to winning their first major trophy since 1966. I only bring that up because it's important. <laughs> I'll find out when the sermon's over whether they actually did it. Hey, what's a 56-year wait <laughs> for the country that invented soccer? Sad. <laughs> All right. Whew. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks. I thank you for the joy of these children, the smiles on their face. I thank you for Vacation Bible School and all the helpers. And Boy, you know, it's tiring, Father. There's a lot of work, but it's your work, and I thank you for that. And I pray now for the energy for me and, and all of those kids back there and their teachers to just continue doing the work that you've called us to do. Father, open up our eyes and our hearts to see what you would have us see to know what you would have us know this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching online, we um, hopefully you've got audio now. Unfortunately, the way censorship works, I don't know if censorship is the right word, but Facebook uh, blocks out songs like that, so everybody online was watching us dance, but they couldn't hear us. But now, hopefully, uh, they'll get everything. The recording later on, I believe, will have everything in it, so... So that was great. Vacation Bible school. I'll tell you what, I was on cloud nine. You ever heard that saying? It's such a stupid saying, isn't it? Who numbers clouds? <laughs> He's on cloud nine. I tried to find the origin of the saying. I couldn't find anything. And I remember you used to talk about having your head in the clouds. My teachers always said that about me. He's got his head in the clouds. You know, he's always daydreaming. He's not with us, which is absolutely true. These days, you hear so much about the cloud, right? Storage in the cloud. This sermon, my notes that I'm looking at right here, are in the cloud, which is good and bad. I'm just waiting for it all to collapse and we lose all of our information, but there you go. And you go back even five years. I mean, things change so quickly, don't they? You go back just five years ago, if you said to somebody such and such is in the cloud, they think you're talking about a bird or an airplane or something. They don't think you're talking about information. It just changes so quickly. But before we had all of these colloquialisms about clouds, God had it first. He's the originator. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, the cloud. We're in a series called Bible Peeps, and we've been looking at different characters in the Bible, seeing what we can learn from those characters that we can apply to our lives today to help us live victorious lives in Christ. And uh, as I look back at the series, we started off with the mother of all mothers, who is Eve. <laughs> Answer's got to be Jesus, right? <laughs> Eve was the mother of all mothers. And we looked at Jonathan, David's um, friend and, and uh, King Saul's son, Esther, Stephanus, who was the first believer in Greece, the unnamed woman who poured perfume all over Jesus, Abraham, Boaz, Ruth, Gideon, the apostles. We've looked at a whole bunch of them, and you can go back to our Facebook or our website or our app and uh, pick up any of those messages, download them, or listen to them online. This morning, our Bible peeps is a little bit different. Our Bible peeps is sitting all around here. Our Bible peeps is in this room this morning. It's the others in this room. Let me show you what I mean. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. 
going to look at just verses 1 through 3. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be up on the screen there. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The Bible says that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, anytime you see a passage of Scripture that begins with the word, therefore, what do you need to do? What's it there for? You got to, okay, what's the therefore there for? So there's something that preceded it. In this particular case, the whole of Hebrews chapter 11 is, is what we call the roll call of faith. There's a list of, of the, 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 the big names in the Bible. Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, many others. People who lived out their faith boldly. And then this chapter begins with, therefore, because of all of these people, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. But I'm going to put it to you this morning that the great cloud of witnesses is not limited to Hebrews chapter 11. I believe that the great cloud of witnesses is all around us. Yes, those people were giants. Yes, they lived by their faith. But when I look back on my life, my personal faith walk, I was informed by a lot of those people, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. But the most influence on my life is the great cloud of people that had flesh and blood on them that I would sit and talk with or listen to. They were the great cloud that influenced my life. And they're all around us. For me, I believe I'm looking at the great cloud right now. Now, maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't buy into that. And I can see why. You know, it's hard to relate to Abraham, Moses, and Noah, right? I don't feel like Abraham, Moses, or Noah. Uh, so I get that. So I've got another passage of Scripture for you. Last week, we talked about the 12 apostles. Jesus had a whole bunch of disciples. He goes up on a mountain. He prays all night. He comes off of the mountain, and it says that he appointed 12 of these disciples to be apostles. Well, everyone who follows Jesus, every single one of us is called to be a disciple. But the Lord called these 12 to be also designated apostles. Now, if you remember, the word apostle means someone who is sent. They have a special purpose. They're set apart for a mission. A disciple is a pupil, a learner, a follower of a teacher's instruction. And we are all called to be disciples of Jesus. So an apostle is someone who's called for a special purpose. A disciple is someone who is a learner and a doer of the teacher. Now, you might not see yourself as an apostle. And I get that too. It's hard to relate to Peter and John and James, right? I know I'm not a Peter. I know I'm not a John. I'm not a James. Maybe a bit of a Judas, but those guys, you know, they're kind of big. I get that. So where do you fit in the picture? If you're not part of the great cloud and you're not an apostle, where do you fit in the picture? So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. I'm switching over to the New Living Translation here. We're at the beginning of Luke chapter 10. At the beginning of Luke chapter 9 is where Jesus selects the 12 apostles. So one chapter later, it says, The Lord now chose 
72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places that he planned to visit. The Lord now chose, now chose. So something has happened prior to this. The last part of chapter 9 finishes with Jesus telling the people what it costs to follow him. You know, a lot of people... A lot of people say they want to be a follower of, of Jesus, but they're not really willing to follow Jesus. They don't really have faith in Jesus. They, they want some Jesus in their lives, but not at any personal cost. It, it, it might scare them, or maybe it's inconvenient, or it's uncomfortable, and, and they don't really want to participate. They're not what I would call people of faith. They might be believers, they believe in Jesus, but they're not people of faith because there's no active work going on. Nothing is happening. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's what it means to have faith. It means to do the work of Jesus. So you can actually learn about Jesus. You can go to all kinds of Bible studies, small groups. You can, you can have a lot of knowledge about Jesus but not actually follow Jesus. And Jesus isn't interested in that, quite honestly. He's not looking for fans. I believe in the church today, and I'm not saying here, Jesus has got a lot of fans. But he's not looking for fans. He's looking for followers. He's looking for people of faith. He's looking for people to, to, to come alongside and do the work that, that he is doing. A follower is someone who learns about Jesus and then puts what they learn into action. Now, most certainly, when you're a new Christian, there's going to be a time where it's more about taking it all in, right? Learning about Jesus. The problem is too many people park there. They don't ever get beyond that. They're just... Soaking it in. That's as far as it ever goes. That was never Jesus' intent for us. And basically, the last part of chapter 9 is Jesus telling those around him, he says, I don't want people who are just going to give it lip service. And the chapter ends with a really harsh statement from Jesus. Like chapter 9, verse 62, it says, Anyone who puts a hand to the plow, then looks back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? I mean, that's a big old slap across the head right there. And Jesus is saying, you're either in, and if you're in, you're in, or you're out. If you want to be my follower, be ready to do some work. Be ready to serve me. And you serve Jesus by serving his body on earth, the church, in the work that he's called the church to do. That's how Jesus has set it up. We are the body of Christ. That's what it means to be a follower. It means that you do the work of Jesus. And Jesus isn't interested in people who just want to give it lip service. If you grab the plow, keep your eyes ahead, don't give up, and keep going. That's a hard message, but I'm going to turn a corner here so you can relax. So the, loud note, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. I love this passage of Scripture. The Lord appointed 72 others. These are undesignated, un, 
unnamed people. They're the others. They're just the others. And he sends them out in pairs to go ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Do you know who the others are? You and me. We're the others. I'm not an apostle. I don't feel like I'm an apostle. I'm certainly one of the others. That's, that's, that's where I see us. We're, we're the others. And he sends these others to the places he is about to go. And he gives them this instruction. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. I love the imagery here. Now think about this in relation to your life. At some point, at some point, for everybody who calls Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, at some point, you had a divine intervention in your life. At some point, your life intersected with Jesus. He met you at a certain point. In the evangelical churches, we like to say, you got saved. You got saved. You had a divine intervention with Jesus. But before you ever had a divine intervention with Jesus, just think about this. Someone, one of these others, or maybe many of these others, were active in your life preparing the way before Jesus ever got to you. I think we can all see those people, right? I know in my life there were dozens of people. Jesus was always part of the picture, but that intersection had not happened at that point. And there were many, many people that were involved in my life, the others that Jesus sent ahead of him to the places that he was going to go. At some point, the place he was going to go was your life, wasn't it? He intersected your life. But before he ever got there, he sent others to you to prepare the way. You were part of the harvest. They were the workers. Think about that. Think about all the people involved in your life in order for you to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Like I said, I can think of dozens, dozens of others. Now, there's a weird thing. As I was reading this scripture this week, I started thinking about it. There's only two groups of people on the planet. The workers... And the harvest. Only two groups of people. And Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And that's how it is, right? If, if all the people on the earth make up 100% of the people, if 80% of them are the harvest, then 20% of them are the workers. If 90% of them are the harvest, only 10% of them are the workers. The bigger the harvest gets the fewer the workers there are to go around. That's what Jesus is talking about here. And I, and I find it so interesting that Jesus would tell these others to ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his harvest field, and then he sends them. Pray and ask Jesus to, to pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers. Off you go then. I love it. Where are the others? Do you know, we pray for the lost. I pray for the lost. I pray for, for people that I want Jesus to interact with. 
We've, we've got a box. I've talked to you about the box. And I, I encourage all of our small groups to have a box with names in it of, of people that they're praying for. Can we go to the next slide, please? There's a picture. Oh, it's kind of small. Of my sister a couple weeks ago taking her name out of the box. She was in the box as a lost person and prayed for her. That, and those are, those are some of the others that were praying for her. There's a restaurant in town, IHOP, and one of the waitresses there is Miriam. If you ever go in there, and uh, she'll tell you, I'm Pastor Mike's Miriam. In her purse, she has a little slip of paper with her name on it. It was in the box. Miriam's now got an eternity with Jesus. Her name came out of the box. Karen has an eternity with Jesus. Her name came out of the box. It's so powerful when you let someone take their name out of the box. There's, it, it, there's nothing wrong with praying for the lost. And I've, I've preached on this before. But you know, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where we're instructed to pray for the lost. I've had people, I've said this many times, and people go, yeah, it is. I said, well, go find it for me. And they'll find some convoluted bit of scripture that maybe if you look at it like this, you could see it that way. He doesn't tell us to pray for the lost. He tells us to pray for the workers to go into the field and impact the lives of the lost. He says, pray for the others. Pray for the others. So he sends these others ahead of himself to all the places he's going to go. These, these are people's landing party. They're the beachhead. They're the Marines. And they went ahead to prepare the way for Jesus in pairs. Now, this is important. It's kind of weird. At the beginning of chapter 9, when he calls the 12 apostles and sets them apart, he doesn't tell them to go in pairs. He just sends them out. But this group of others, he sends them all in pairs. I find it's interesting. Why in pairs? Because that's how the church works. We are the body of Christ here on earth. And we're in it together. We complete Christ's mission together. We are his body, and each person has a role in the body of the church. This week, Vacation Bible School was such a great example of that to me. Got a photo up there. Here we go. That's some of the team that was on vac in Vacation Bible School. Not all of them. And I'm going to miss somebody, and I'm probably going to upset someone. I pray I don't. But I just started thinking through the names today. There was Ronnie Wood. He's not here this morning. He's our guy that does all the maintenance. He was here every night, standing at the back door, keeping security, making sure that nobody came in that wasn't supposed to come in. Barry and Sandra Fairclough, they're, they're away this weekend. All week, they looked after the little kids so the parents of the little kids could serve. Donna, Becky, Penny, Martha, Sue, all sat out there doing registration. Bob Edler came by to empty trash. Keep all the trash clear. Kelly Leal, Elizabeth Corona, Pat Stevens, all working in the background. Amy, who never made it here because she was sick all week, helped prepare it all. Libby, Libby's mom, Libby's sister, they were the nurses down in the hall there. And Kevin, oh, he's down doing the stream. Libby's husband. So both of our leaders, it's a war. It's a frontline war when you're doing vacation Bible school, and Satan's pushing back. 
Both of our leaders were sick at the beginning of Vacation Bible School. So Kevin stepped up. He's doing sound. He's organizing the, the registration. He's printing everything up. I mean, the guy was just awesome. Hall walkers, Randy, Kevin Hicks, Flip, Hector. Hector helped put all this together. Kelly Big, Sandra Bishop, Christy Edmondson, Nancy Hicks, all helping with admin stuff. In our learning centers, we had Tim and Denise here. We had Heather. I saw Heather. Where are you, Heather? There she is over there. And, and the, the fries down in the corner. Um, Alex was up here doing the worship and games over there with, with Kmart. Small groups provided the food, served the food. Hungry souls cooked food for Friday. And then there were all the people that helped set it up, the seats and everything else. I, I counted up, there was like 50 or more people involved in Vacation Bible School this week. I hope I haven't missed any. Have I missed someone? Anyone know if I missed someone? Who? Teresa? I had her on here. Teresa? I went right over, and Brandon, I think Brandon was here. Was he here for part of it? Scratch his name off. He was working, wasn't he? Paul, Paul Stravoki, walking the halls. Oh, I missed all of those, didn't I? The tribe leaders, Courtney, Brandon, David, Paul, Laney, Christina, walking around with these kids. God bless them. The Samples family were all here helping out. The youth were absolutely phenomenal. They were, they were just a step above, doing absolutely everything, helping here, helping do the games, taking out trash. I mean, I should follow my notes because I wrote everybody's names down and I <laughs> just glance over them. It was just, all of that to say. Nobody can tell me that they're not part of the great cloud. Because they absolutely are. They're part of the great cloud of witnesses without whom this stuff doesn't happen. Now, maybe they don't see themselves that way, but I do. They're on the front lines pushing back the darkness. And five children gave their lives to Jesus Christ this week, and their lives are going to be changed. Their eternity is going to be changed forever because of the work of that great cloud. But before Jesus ever got there to those five kids, a whole bunch of others were involved. The great cloud of witnesses. Let's go back to Hebrews 12. I want to finish up today just talking about this, this phrase, great cloud of witnesses. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, great as in the number, we had a great cloud, 50 or so. We had more people helping than we had kids, which is fine. And let me tell you something. It may be great cloud in number, but they are great. They were great. Each and every one of them. Pat, helping to count money. And me getting a pie in my face because the boys didn't raise as much as the girls. Let me say this. Don't let anything hold you back from being great. That is your destiny in Christ Jesus. Each and every one. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily entangled. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of 
our faith. Don't let anything hold you back from being great. It's your destiny in Christ Jesus. Not that glory should be given to you. That's not the point here. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of your faith. That glory should be given to Christ through the work that you do. And what is a witness? What is a witness? I think sometimes we let Satan hoodwink us into to being scared to be the people that Jesus Christ has really called us to be. He paints this picture that it's so much bigger than, than we really think it is. You're not the judge. You're not the jury. You're not the prosecution. You're not the defense. You're a witness. A witness to what? The life-saving, life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us are a witness to, to the power of Jesus to change lives and to save lives. That's what we are witnesses to. And we're called to let the world see that witness. I'm not who I used to be. Not because I'm a good boy or anything else, but because of who Jesus Christ is in me. He changed me. He changed Nico this week. The boy is going to be in heaven. He's my brother in Christ now. We're all witnesses. When my sister got baptized a couple weeks ago right here, she was a witness. It was kind of neat. I found out afterwards. One of her daughters and a couple of her grandchildren, I think it was, who don't normally watch, got on there to watch the baptism and then stayed for the whole sermon. That's a witness. My mom cried. My sister said, We've never seen mom cry, even when dad died. It's like, these things happen. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> All those people that worked here this week, each and every one of them was a witness. No matter what role they had. I think about Ronnie, just sat on a chair down there for the whole week. And the kids came over from the youth building. He had to get up, open the door, and go back and sit down again. That was his job. He did it every night. He's part of the great cloud of witnesses. Church, let me tell you something. I am so proud of you. Bible says it's a sin to be proud. But today I'm sinning because I am so proud of all these people that worked this week and did such a great job. Now, if you couldn't be part of it, this is just the beginning. We're actually entering in, for, for Lakeway, we're entering into our season of outreach. VBS is kind of the beginning of it. It begins with Kairos. We've got Kairos coming up, August 18th to 21. That's a prison ministry that, that Randy has got us involved in. This room yesterday was filled with all of the, the Kairos team. And most of you know about it. It's, it's a team of people that go into Hutchins Prison for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We have to come out at night. Can't stay there. And, and we go in to bring the good news to the brothers in white, as we call them. And it's changed that prison. And it's changed prisons all over Texas, all over the USA for, for the better. And you can be a part of it. You can be part of the witness, part of the great cloud that's involved in Kairos. There's a number of ways. You can donate a meal. It costs money. 
costs about $400 per person to hold a kairos. So you, you can, there's a table out there, see Randy afterwards, he'll be out there. If you want to put $5 in and pay for a meal, placemats, we're going to get our kids to make placemats for the prisoners. I remember, I've only done one, and I, it was so neat because the table that I was at, a bunch of guys, brothers in white, we call them, and they've got these table mats, and they have these little labels that, that show who paid for a meal. And it was just so neat because I don't know how many different churches are represented in the group. It's not denominational. But I just happened to be, happened to be sitting in a group and, well, who's so-and-so and who's so-and-so? And, oh, they, they, they come from Lakeway. Oh, they come from Lakeway. Oh, they come from Lakeway. And these guys were just blown away like, they paid for my meal? Why would they pay for my meal? They took the placemats that the kids had made back to their cells. It's important. Prayer chain. We have a great big prayer chain. You, you can put your name on the prayer chain. It just means that you, you promise to pray. You just put your first name on a little strip of paper, and then we glue it together, and we make a big chain out of it. And they bring it in on Saturday, is it? It goes all around the hall, all the way between all the, the guys, and they're all looking at it, and you can see their faces, and there's a name on every link of that chain. It's these people are praying for you right now. It, 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 it is just awesome. And the closing ceremony. If you could do nothing else, is there still time to sign up for that? Today is the last day. He got me hooked. I went to a closing ceremony. On the Sunday afternoon, these guys don't know this. We have a church service. And we invite people from the outside to come in. And all the outside team, all the ladies that do all the cooking and everything else, they're all in there, all the workers. And these guys get led from the institution into the chapel. And they see all these people sitting there. And everybody gets up and they start cheering them as they come in. And the impact on these guys when they start saying, all these people care. It's powerful. And then you get to hear them start, they'll start telling their stories. They'll get invited up. What did the weekend mean to you? If you haven't signed up for it, you can sign up for it today. It doesn't cost anything. You do have to have a background check, I believe. Driver's license, fill out the application. So see Randy right afterwards. You need to be part of it. So that's where it, that starts August 18, 21. We got our fall festival, October 23rd. John and Christy's not here this morning. Bikers, car show, food, the police are committed. It's always interesting. And we do the service on the lawn. You have the bikers over there, us here, and the police just watching. <laughs> we get coats for people that don't have coats. It's part of our outreach. Invite someone. We have all kinds of games out there and music. So that's coming up October, October 23rd. Then we have our Thanksgiving away. We give food away, fully prepared meals on Thanksgiving Day to families. That's the Hungry Souls. Uh, toy Run coming up December 4th again with the bikers. We get 60, 70, 100, 120 bikers here. They don't come in here. They're afraid. So we've let them go in the youth building. 
and they get toys and things, and, and we distribute the toys for them. And you know what I love about the toy run? They came to us. Bunch of bikers come to a church. Can you help us do this? It's like, yeah, absolutely. We've been doing it for 12 years now, I think. And then, uh, is it longer than that? Yeah. And then Living Nativity on December 9-11. Now, lots of opportunities to be a witness. Let me just make this clear. We don't do this stuff because we're bored. We don't do all this stuff just to stay busy. Because I tell you what, it's tiring. I'm tired after vacation Bible school, then Kairos training. Randy was at a conference this week. Some of our young people were at a, a conference last week. We do it because we want people to know the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. That's what the body is called to do, isn't it? And we do it together. So you can be a part of this. If you didn't get the opportunity to be part of Vacation Bible School, get involved with some of this stuff. Come see me afterwards. See John. See Randy. We'll, we'll, we'll plug you in. This is the body of Christ doing the work of Christ. This is the great cloud of witnesses. And if you're online, how can you be a part of it? We covet your prayers, but we also covet your donations. I heard someone say something one time, how much does it cost to do $100 worth of ministry? $100, it's not hard. <laughs> it costs money to do ministry, right? So there's a way, if you're, if you're not here in person, that you can be part of it. You, you, you can help cover the cost of it. It costs money to do ministry. And I thank you. You're all so faithful. Um, but, but keep it up. So you can, you can give via our website, our app. And those that are here in the flesh, same thing. But as importantly, as your, more important is your physical presence. Sharing the load. And of course, for all of us, invite, invite, invite. Personal note. I got something I want you to pray about, and then I'll close this out. I had this little project I've started called the Potluck Pastor. I mentioned it a little while ago. It's one of these weird things I think God just laid on my heart. When COVID got going, each week I would do a midweek motivation. Just a little thing, you know, something motivating. So I got this idea, I'm praying, and, and potluck pastor. So I'm starting this, this, this I've got an Instagram account. I have a, a, a content manager. <laughs> My daughter. <laughs> and I'm going to cook food. I want people to send me recipes, and I'll cook their recipe. I've already got a couple. And I'm going to go and film myself cooking it. And while I'm cooking the food, we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to talk about encouragement so that we can add that. And it'll be a little bit of fun. If you send me your recipes, I'll cook it. I'll try it out. Don't send me stuff that you wouldn't eat. Yeah, we call it ghost pepper chili, Pastor Mike. There's 27 ghost peppers in there. And just send me stuff that you would eat, okay? So I need your prayers on that because it's actually a lot of work, but I just feel it's something that God is calling me to do, something goofy, to increase our online presence. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. And my friend up in Canada did the uh, little caricature for me, Alan. Huh? He's got, the nose is wrong. 
I think I might have him get the hat off and just have the bald head. That's, we'll see. All right. Any others here? Any others here? Any others here? Any others here? Are there any others here? You're all others, right? We're all others. We're all sent to go ahead of Jesus everywhere that he goes. That's what this is all about. And you're part of the great cloud. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. That our reluctance, our fear, our apathy, our I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm just a terrible sinner. I don't have the abilities. Throw it off. And the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. He's the target. Not going to take my eyes off of you, Jesus. I'm keeping on, keeping on, getting closer to you. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the great cloud of witnesses. I thank you for the others. And I know there are people here today, Father, that probably struggled with the idea of being part of a great cloud of witnesses that include Abraham and Joseph and Joshua and so many others. We don't see ourselves that way. But Father, in Jesus Christ, each and every one of us is part of that great cloud. And we're called to throw off everything that gets in the way and to run with perseverance the race that you have set out for us. Father, let nothing get in the way of us being the people that you've called us to do and doing the things that you've called us to do, that we can see your kingdom grow. And Father, help us to see that it really doesn't matter what the role is, how insignificant it is. All that matters is that we do what you've called us to do. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mr. Kinsley, there you are. Anyone keeping an eye on the score? No. (laughs) No, I wouldn't do that. That would probably make him very upset. I'm sure he's recorded it.